Hello friends, I want to welcome you to our latest podcast talk. This is Pastor Marco. Listen, uh, we love to have you come hang out with us live. If you've never been, if you live in the area, we have two services, Saturday 6 p.m. and Sunday 10 a.m. And if you have kids, we have incredible children's ministry for all ages. And don't forget to check out our website at newlifesouthcoast.com. We believe this message is going to encourage you, but also challenge you in your walk with God. You know, I, w- I just want to say this, that she is a leader in her own right. You know, a lot of times you may see me appear, but you don't understand that it's a team effort. It takes her doing her part for me to be able to do my part. And, and God called us together on this thing. Um, and uh, we've been dreaming about this since we were in college when we met. And we would talk about going to the city and making a difference and making an impact and having a church that would be very practically, tangibly involved in the community. And so she has a lot to do with what you see here. And they, you know, there's a, there's a false statement behind every man. There's no such thing. It's, it's side by side. It's not behind. We're, we're side by side in this thing. And so, and so she also leads our kids' ministry. Our kids' ministry, you know, averages, we average over 200 children every single week. And so that's a church in itself. I don't know if you know this, but if you study church, majority of churches don't break 200 people. And we have 200 children every single week. And so God is doing something really powerful here. And so I'm honored to, to call her my wife. I'm honored to call her my, my best friend. I told her yesterday, I was like, man, you're my favorite person in the world. I really is. Like, I'll kick it with you any day of the week. Um, and I just, I just love being able to just do life with her. And she is actually a better preacher than I am. You'll find out tonight. Um, that uh, she's much more articulate. I told you, I lose every fight we have. Because <laughs> I'm Kay Verdian, and, you know, the words fails me when I'm angry. <laughs> so she wins every single time. And so it's, it's my honor tonight to introduce my wife, my best friend. Can you give it up for Lindsay as she comes <laughs> and shares? I think I did it. Did I put this on? Yeah, I'm good. All right. Well, this is so exciting. I'm so excited to be able to do this. Um, I want you to do me a favor, though. Um, Don't compare me to Pastor Marco, because it's not fair to him. Um, So, just so you know. Um, (laughs) So, I'm so excited to be here, you know, four years. It really has been such an incredible journey. Um, there's so much that I've learned. There's so many, just so many things from like really big things to these really small details. But one of the things that um, has stuck out to me so much, probably over the last six months, is the number four. You know, I feel like when you are halfway through the year, we're coming up on our church anniversary, you start already thinking, man, it's been four years. I can't believe this has happened, you know. And so I started thinking about the number four, and I want to tell you what the number four means. Can I share that with you? So this is actually really exciting. So the number four, it means bursting forth, okay? Now think, you got to think above, okay? Don't think just the words I'm I'm saying. Think in the spirit, okay? Bursting forth, it means fruitful. It means increase. 
It means a swift arrow in flight. How amazing is that? We're in our fourth year, and this is what it means. This is the biblical term of the number four, a swift arrow in in flight, increase, fruitful, abundance. That's what that means, and that's what we're about to walk into. How awesome is that? So it makes you think, you know, it makes you think, okay, a swift arrow in flight, an increase, abundance. It makes you feel like, man, I got to, I got to do something, right? It makes you feel like I got to, I got to move. I got to make some kind, of, something big happen. Uh, but here's the thing. This is the funny part. The way that you make something big happen is by loving your neighbor. That's what you do, and it's so awesome. Can you put that first verse up? This is the greatest commandment. Ah, here we are. Jesus replied, the most important commandment is this. Listen, O Israel. Listen, O New Bedford. The Lord our God is the one and only Lord, and you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and all your strength. The second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. No other commandment is greater than these. How amazing is this? So awesome. So what's interesting, though, is as I was reading this, it's like, I feel like we say love, like it's no big deal, you know? Like, I love my husband, I love my kids, I also love my hair, I also love pizza, I also love my shirt, which I got on clearance, by the way. Um, (laughs) um, But we say these things like it's no big deal, and so I started thinking about that, and I started thinking, what does it mean to love something? And then I thought, if we replace it with the word for, what does it mean to be for your neighbor? It kind of gives it a different context, like a different dynamic, right? Because we can say, oh, I love my neighbor, but it's different when we say, I'm for my neighbor. That means I'm rooting my neighbor on. I'm with my neighbor, right? So it's been really, it's been really awesome to kind of think through that. And, you know, our church is so amazing with um, Serve the City. We're always doing things. We're always doing these group efforts to go out and to serve our community. But I want to challenge us this year to go, to go a step further. Obviously, we're going to keep being involved in serving our city because that's what we do as a church. It's our church's statement. But what are you doing individually to serve your city? How are you being for your neighbor? What does that look like? Um, and so God's really been speaking to me about this. And it was so awesome before um, I knew that I was going to be sharing this word um, during prayer and fasting. I was driving and I heard so clear, so, so clearly in order to build the church, you have to build people. And it came out of nowhere. And I knew that that was from God. So that's, so for any of you guys that you, sometimes you feel like, I don't know if this is from God. It, sometimes it just kind of comes quick. And it's this sweet little whisper. It just kind of, kind of just happens. And that is what happened. In order to build the church, we have to build people. And what is that? How do we do that? How do we, how do we build people? What is that? What does that look like? You know? And so I think that it's easy for us to encourage one another in church. And we should do that. We, we need to do that. But I think the challenge comes when you have to start encouraging, you know, your annoying coworker or your neighbor that's always telling you, you got to fix your grass, you know, you got to step up to the, you got to step up to the plate, your grass isn't up to par. Um, it, it's different when, when you have to start being for that person. And so, um, and so as I was thinking about this and praying about it, um, you know, it, it's just, it's just so awesome how God is so, he's so faithful to us. He's so faithful and he is so for us. And if he's for us, we know more than anybody else how jacked up we are. And if the God of the universe is for us, why can I not be for my neighbor? 
who's riding on me about my grass or, you know, whatever, you know, whatever it is. Why can I not be for my neighbor? And as we think about that, um, the Bible also says this in 1 Peter, but you are not like that. You are a chosen people. You are royal priests, a holy nation, God's very own possession. As a result, you can show others the goodness of God, for he called you out of the darkness into his wonderful light. This word was originally in, um, in the Old Testament. It was for Israel. But when Jesus came, he made this word for us, that we're chosen, that we're a holy people, that we're a royal priesthood. And how amazing is that? Now, the thing is, is before you clap, I have to get this in. I don't want you to distract me. Um, <laughs> um, if we... If we're called to be a chosen generation, as soon as, we, as soon as we see that and we're in the context of church, it makes us excited. Like, yeah, I'm, we're a chosen generation. Uh, you know, I'm a royal priesthood. I'm this, I'm that. But then we walk out the doors of the church and then we forget that we're still chosen, that we're still a royal priesthood. We forget that. And I think that in the, in the scope of social media, sometimes when we say, you know, we say, I'm a chosen generation. We think that we equate that to followers. We equate that to fame. We equate that to something so big. But that's not what it is at all. Because Instagram followers, is that actually fame? I mean, I don't really know. They're not like, it's not really that big of a deal. You know, I, I don't know. I don't, I, don't, I don't know. That's just kind of how I feel. I don't post that much, though. So that could also be why I don't really feel too tied to social media. Um, but being a chosen generation, being a holy nation, that does not mean that it, we're going to be famous. It doesn't mean that we're going to be popular. It means that we're chosen. And when God chooses us, he chooses us and he places us somewhere. So wherever you're placed, that's what you're chosen for. I think that we kind of think, okay, a chosen generation, I'll be chosen when I get that job, when I find my person, when I go across sea, when I, you know, whatever it is. No, you are chosen where you are right now. So I'm chosen with my five kids around me with the poop and, you know, the diapers and the vomit and all those gross things that kind of come along with children and the mess. That's my big thing right now. It's the mess. It's just everywhere. Just, you can't contain it. You know, I just got to roll with it. Um, But I'm a chosen, I'm a chosen generation in my home and I have to be for my kids because that's how we're going to build the church. We build the church by doing so many different things, like I said, like serve the city and all that. But we also build the church by building one another up, you know, by being for your neighbor. What does it actually look like to be for your neighbor? And I think that it's so easy for us to do these kind of um, these quick ministries almost. You know, I I like to pay for the person behind me when I go to Dunkin' Donuts. I like to... uh, pay for, you know, someone that's at Subway that I feel like they look like maybe they need money and it's like, okay, I'll pay for that person or, you know, saying hi to somebody or whatever it is. But that, I think that that's awesome, but I also think that's kind of easy. You know what I mean? Because in the grand scheme of things, like that person that I paid for at Subway, that's awesome and that blessed him in that moment. But did that bring him to God? Did I, did I physically do anything to bring him to God. And don't get me wrong, the Holy Spirit is the Holy Spirit. So I believe and I pray that he spoke to him, but I had, I had to check myself a little bit. Like I did the easy thing. I didn't really do that much. Um, and you know, and not to be, and not to be weird. I don't know if I necessarily think like, you know, you pay for somebody and you have to start ministering to them in that moment. I, you know, and telling them Bible verse after Bible verse, I kind of think more like, Hey, how are you? 
What's going on? How are you doing? What's your family like? You know, I don't know. Is this your, is this your daughter? What's her name? Things like that. We, that's how you change a community. That's how you really change a culture is by doing those kinds of things. And so I want to encourage us, especially with the people that we see all the time, with our coworkers, who we see all the time. Mark, I'm going to use you. Come on, we're going to have a role play. You need a microphone. I'm gonna do. A, we're gonna do a role play. He doesn't know this, obviously. <laughs> how are you? Good. How are you? I'm good. Don't we do this all the time? Right. We just say, "I'm good." I'm, I'm good. good. Yeah. Right. You're good. Are you good? I'm good. That's good. It's so deep, right? <laughs> That's deep waters right there. <laughs> but what if we started saying, asking other questions? How often do we do this? We just kind of walk past each other. Hey, how are you? Good. How are you? And we just kind of keep going with it, right? Right. But why don't we have these conversations with our coworkers? You see your coworker every day. You may see your coworker more than you see your spouse or your child. It's very possible, but you probably know nothing about them. You can go. You can go sit back down. You'll have your turn tomorrow. (laughs) Um, But we don't know. We don't know anything. We don't know anything about them. And so, how do we show up for our? for our neighbor. And that's what I want to challenge us with today. This isn't, you know, a super lengthy, deep kind of thing, but I think that this is very crucial. And I think that this is so important. You know, we see, we, oh my gosh, we see so much stuff going on in our city. It's like every, every time I'm on Instagram, when I am on Instagram, you know, New Bedford God is posting just negative things. And it's like, this is about New Bedford and that about New Bedford and blah, 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 blah. It's like, oh my gosh, can we say something positive? Can we do something positive? But I, what, if, what if we made so much noise that they have to post something positive? What if we did that, you know? And I, I really, I, I believe this with every fiber of my being that when we are for our neighbor, like for real, for our neighbor, and we invest in our neighbor, that is how our church is going to grow. I think that that's, and I I believe that God is doing, he's doing so much, and it's going to, I believe that it's going to grow because God's hand is on this, because we work hard, and because we love him, and I believe it will grow that way, but how about if we grew deep, not just wide, you know, because we're doing awesome with growing wide. And I think that there's a lot of us that are really growing deep. But what if we all stepped into it and said, no, I'm going to invest in my neighbor. Even if it's just that one person, if, we, if you chose one person, we're a church of about a thousand people. If you chose one person to invest in, to show up at their kid's soccer game, to, you know, if they're struggling to say, hey, you want to come over for dinner? I got dinner this week. Whatever it is, if we did these little things and then we say, let them know like who we are yeah, yeah, and yeah. tell them our story, how easy is that to come into the fold? That's so easy. That's not even a big deal. And this isn't gimmicky, but it's just because our lives have been changed. Amen. How many of your lives have honestly, truly, truly been changed? When your life is truly, truly changed, you can't help but talk about it. When I find a sale, I can't help but talk about it. I'm calling my mom. I'm calling my sisters. When I see a good movie, I'm telling everybody about this thing. How much more when our lives, when our hearts 
have genuinely been transformed by the love of Jesus because he was for us. He was for me. So he can be for you and he, he can be for your neighbor. He's going to be for your neighbor through you though. I think a lot of times we kind of detach ourselves, you know, like God's for me. He's for my neighbor. I'm going to pray for you in Jesus name. But sometimes they just need a, Hey, how are you? You look upset. What's going on? And you don't have to know all the answers. That's okay. How awesome is it when someone really talks to you? I love when people talk to me. I love it. Like when my husband comes home and he says, hey, how are you? And then, (laughs) this is actually funny. So sometimes (laughs) he'll say, hey, how are you? And I just like unload on him. And it's like, he's like, okay, I wasn't ready for that. He's not saying that, but his face is saying, I wasn't ready for that. But I love, love when he says, how are you? And he sits down like he's not in a rush. And he asks me questions. Ask me a question. I love that. Everybody loves that. Don't you love that? Right? I love that. How It's simple, but it is so profound. We are so busy with life. We're so busy running around. I got to go to Shaw's. I have to do this. I have to pick up the kids. I got to go do this. That we are just like flying through life just doing things, doing things. Then we slow down on the weekend for church to serve in church, which is, which is awesome. And which it, we should do that. But what if we, maybe if we started cutting some of these extra things out of our lives, these unnecessary things that we would slow down a little bit. What if we didn't spend an hour scrolling on Instagram or on Facebook? Because all you're doing is listening, is reading other people's comment, commentary on life. That's all you're doing. Why do that? I, you know, and I really, I read this, or I heard this actually the other day. It's from a, um, a pastor in Miami. And, and she said this, she said, why look at someone else's story when, when God has a story for me? Wow. Like blew my mind. Because we so often, we're looking at Instagram, we're looking at all of these things, thinking they're chosen, They're the chosen one. No, 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 my friend. You are the chosen one. You are chosen. You're chosen at your job. You're chosen in your family. And I find that to be so encouraging. When my husband asked me to marry me and he's saying, I choose you. Wow. He chose me. Man, that like makes my heart, it makes my heart flutter just thinking about it. This is how God feels about you. This is how he feels about you. You are chosen. He has spoken over you. It's already in the word. A lot of times we just kind of think, oh, it's in the Bible. Everybody reads this. This isn't for me. This isn't specific for me. Oh, but it is. It is specific for you. Because how many times have we opened the Bible and heard a word and it's like, wow, that was so good. That was, that was for me. And then we forget about it because life happens and because things happen. And then we forget it and our emotions start to come in. I also have this other challenge that I've learned, this actually I have learned in the last few years, how often we say, you know, I feel like, I feel like, hmm, I feel like, we say it all the time, but our feelings are fickle. 
you know? So we are basing so much of our life on, I feel like, and I think uh, truly, because I say all the time, I think that we do it with the best of intentions, but I also think maybe we need to think about that and stop, and, and, and stop kind of confessing this feeling, emotion, 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 emotion thing over us and start walking in the promises of God. This is a promise of God. He said this to Israel. You are my chosen generation. You are my people. You are a royal priesthood. When Christ came, he stood in the gap and he said, nope, this word is for everybody. Anybody who comes into Christ, this word is for you. And so this word is for us, that we are chosen, that we are his royal priesthood. We are his holy nation. And the way that we spread that is by being for our neighbor. So the challenge is, so the challenge is this, I want to challenge us with this, is to listen. When you ask a question, listen. Simple, but profound, you know? Because I think sometimes we ask questions and we're not really listening. We're like almost thinking, what's my next question I'm going to ask? Do you do that? Do you do that when you argue? (laughs) He does that when he argues and I know it. I know he does. Because it's like, you didn't even hear what I said. You literally just repeated what I just said. So you didn't think of that one on your own. He's, he's formulating his thoughts before, while, I'm ask, while I'm answering the question. A couple times he'll ask me a question and I'll give him the answer. And he's like, blah, blah, blah. this is like a roast on you. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I love him. But it's fun. But it's real life though, right? Everybody goes through this. This isn't like news. This is, I'm just saying what happens in your homes as well. We're not perfect. Um, <clears throat> but we, um, you know, we kind of, we we, we do that, and then it's like, well, then don't ask the question. But I'm going to challenge us. Ask the question, wait for the answer, and then think, how can I respond to that? Be in the moment. When you're in the moment, then your neighbor is going to feel like, hey, they're for me. That person is with me. When you show up at their house with cookies or with dinner or just something special, it doesn't even have to be this like over-the-top kind of thing. It can, be, it can be a card, but be consistent with it. Don't do these flash... like a flash in the pan kind of thing, like, oh, I'm going to send this person a card and that person a card. Because I think what we're doing is we almost don't want the challenge of witnessing or we don't want the challenge of investing for some reason because we think it's going to get messy. Well, newsflash, it will get messy. I'll tell you that right now. It's going to get messy. It's probably going to get ugly. You're probably going to get annoyed. But does God not get annoyed? Do we do anything right? <laughs> you know, a lot of times I tell our, I, like with our kids, I'm like, <clears throat> I told you not to run in the hallway. Don't run in the hallway. Don't run in the hallway. Because I don't want them to fall down the stairs. How many times have I said, don't run in the hallway? How many times have I said that? And you know what's so funny? God convicted me. And he said, how many times have I told you not to fear? And I was like, okay, I'm sorry. I was like, hide under the table. I'm sorry. <laughs> I didn't say that. That didn't happen. But I was so frustrated because I kind of thought like, first time I say it, they're going to get it, right? Because I'm that mom. Nope, not that mom. (laughs) Not my thing. Um, But God, he spoke to me and he said, how many times have I told you? So if we're a mess, our neighbor's going to be a mess. So no, it's going to get messy. You're going to probably want to quit. Likely, you'll want to quit. But if you don't quit, what does that say to your neighbor? It says, wow, they're really for me. They actually love me. Not just like I love pizza, I love my hair. Like they genuinely love me. They're for me. They're with me. They showed up at my kid's soccer game when I didn't have the money to give them to, 
to put to you know get their school closed this year they were there they were there they were there to hear the mundane they were there to hear the great they were there you don't have to do it with everybody because if you do it with so many people it's not special but if you do it with one person and you commit to that one person and ask God God's so faithful he's so faithful you ask him and and a person will pop up in your mind and I think that God will, God will honor that. Yes. He'll, he will. I know he will because he'll say, you know what? I trusted him. I trusted her with this one person. I can trust them with more. Yes. And he will, he will broaden your platform, whatever that looks like. I don't know. It could, be, it, it could be you reach one neighbor and then you're able to reach another neighbor. It could be that. It could be something that's, that seems big in the eyes of society or humanity, but it very likely will not be. And so be okay with that, but know, know that you know that his promises are true, that you are chosen, that you are loved. You are his chosen generation. You are it. You are up to bat. We are up to bat right now. It's us. We're on. And so it's easy to say, well, I'm doing serve the city with my church. That's actually easy to say. For some of us, it's a challenge, and especially if you're new to the church, that's an awesome jumping off point. I'm talking to the people that have been here and that know. That's right. You know what's going on. I'm saying invest in that person. I think that when we do that, if we're a church of 1,000 people and everybody says, I'm going to pick that one person, awesome. easy, by next year we're at 2,000. Not for numbers, not to say New Life South Coast is the best, because if you know anything about my husband and I, we are so not into that. I don't care. I, don't, I genuinely don't care. You know what I really care about? I care about that person. I care about that stronghold being broken. I care about that generational curse being stopped right here. That's what we care about. And I pray that that's what you care about too. That you get, I'm going to be for my neighbor. I'm going to be for them. Whatever that looks like for you, you know, pray about it. Like I said, that's the other thing I've learned in these past four years is to pray about every little thing. I pray about my keys. The biggest thing I pray about is when I can't find the match to the sock because I'm not awesome at laundry. Um, And so I'll have these like... (laughs) I'll have this like kamikaze laundry day and it's like I bang them all out but then they all stay in the laundry baskets. So I bought six laundry baskets, which is awesome because they're not all over the place and they're not overflowing. But all that to say, I pray when my kids are like, mom, I can't find socks. We have to be at school in five minutes. I'm like, right, socks, got it. And so I'll be in my mess, in my mess because I made the mess. Come on, follow along. In my mess, I'm saying, God, please help me to find the other sock. Oh my gosh, there it is. Found your sock. Come on, let's go to school. In my mess, he's faithful. Because you pray about everything. When I started praying about things, it, it, I started inviting God into these little areas of my life. It honestly transformed me. I didn't feel like I was grinding all the time. I didn't feel like I was irritated with my kids all the time, although I still kind of am just a little bit. Um, I didn't feel like I was frustrated with my husband, with the mess in the house. And I just started saying, God, help me to love this. Help me to love it and know that it's just a season. That is a prayer. You talking to God, that's a prayer. It doesn't have to be something over the top and wordy and super biblical. It can just be like, God, please help me to find this sock. 
I need, to, I need the sock. They can't go to school with mismatched socks, you know. It could be something so simple. But if you pray about it and you pray, God, what's, who's that person? And pray that God helps you to take that step, to stick with it throughout the year. Because in March, right now this sounds good. You guys are going to be all amped. I know. I can see. I can feel it in the air. You guys are like, oh, I know who I'm coming for. But in March, when it gets messy and when you don't feel like it, just stick with it. That's the challenge is to stick with it. When I get frustrated with something, it's like, okay, just have to take that one step forward just that one step forward. And before you know it, you've made a lot of progress. Before you know it, you can say, hey, you want to come to church with me? Before you know it, you can say these things. Tell your story. No one can refute your story. Nobody can. Nobody can. Be honest. God changed my life. You can say, I don't know what happened, but I came to this church and I had this experience with Jesus and I don't know what happened, but everything's changed. That will intrigue people. Do you know why? Because you were honest. Be transparent. Be transparent with people. That changes, it changes your relationship. Um, when, when Marco and I first got married, <clears throat> I was 22, and I thought that I knew, you know, you're 22 and kind of stupid. You kind of think you know everything, but you don't really know anything at all. I still don't know anything. Um, but I remember feeling like I had to kind of have it all together. Because when you're dating, you kind of, you know, he picks you up and you're perfectly made and, you know, everything's good. Your wedding day, you look awesome. And then it's like, okay, (laughs) this is what you look like in the morning. And when I started to realize, um, (laughs) it's true, come on. Like I said, this is all stuff that you guys go through in your houses. That's why you're laughing. (laughs) Um, When I started taking... When I started realizing that I have to be transparent in order for this to go somewhere, like I have to be, I have to be honest. I have to be honest with my feelings, no matter how messy it gets. You have to be transparent. And you have to be transparent with your neighbor because they're going to know if it's real or not. They're going to know if your love is real or not. Because you can say all day long, oh, yeah, I'm for you. I'm for you. Do something. You got to do something because that's, that's a follow-up. My husband could have said, I, you know, at the time, he, was my, he could have said, I love you, I love you, I love you. But if you didn't follow it up with an action and say, will you marry me? Thanks for loving me, but here we are. You're still loving me. That's awesome. Follow it up with an action and keep following it up with action. Look at your ma- at marriage. You have to keep following it up with actions. You know, we're coming up on our 12-year anniversary, and that's a lot of little, little moments of those little actions that keep your relationship going. You have to do that in your, with your neighbor to keep that relationship going. So don't get frazzled because people aren't projects. So I want, I want to make that clear. I pray that you understand that. People are not projects. I'm not saying to go find a project to work on. You want a project? Then go get like a knitting kit. You know? <laughs> That's your project. Go do that. People are not projects. They're, they're, they're mysteries to be discovered, you know? You have, to, you, you, have to, you have to really listen to people and just kind of know, like, you don't know everything. And I think sometimes a lot of us Christians, it can kind of come across like we know everything when we talk to people. So this is just a little, a little um, tip. Don't act like you know everything because you don't. You may, have, you may have that Bible verse where you can speak it to them, but if they're not ready for that yet, then don't say it. Just hang, hold off. 
you know that your intentions and God knows your intentions are to, are to share Christ with them so that they can have their breakthrough like you had your breakthrough. Not because we're trying to recruit them and do weird things. It's because I want you to have a breakthrough. And so when you're, when you're talking to them, be prayerful. Wait for, that, wait for that moment. And when the moment comes, open your mouth. Don't, don't be quiet. Don't be quiet about it because people are probably way more receptive to hear about Jesus than you think that they are. So this is, this is our, my challenge to you. And at our four-year church anniversary, amaz- amazing, so awesome. It's a year of fruitfulness, I believe it. It's a year of abundance, I believe it. We're going to be swift arrows in flight because we're going to be for our neighbor. Amen? Amen. Love you guys. I want to thank you for listening today. And I want to encourage you to share this with someone who needs to hear about the love of God. And uh, hope to see you soon.